going on, people? This is the Real Talk Real Walk family, and we are back again with yet another episode. Another episode full of energy, juice, and character. Okay. Another episode where we bring forth the gospel. Come on. Yes. Another episode where Eman's going to deliver some of you. <laughs> Another episode where Ores had to clean up your mess because you've been misbehaving. Uh-huh. <laughs> Another episode where we are here to take over your Spotify, Apple, and SoundCloud. Back with myself, Gabs. Myself, Mr. Game Changer. And Jagel Ore. And we had a real talk, real walk family. Thanks for listening. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, however, or wherever you are listening. Um, right, guys, thank you. First of all, guys, do you know that this is episode 70? Mm. I, I wow. feel like it's a big one, you know. You've been faithful, Lord. <laughs> wow, so you can sing Oralua. That is why you're there. Is forevermore. I miss African churches. Um, honestly, 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 I legit went to um Freedom House the other day. That when Alice was doing African praise, I said, "Raw, I missed this." I missed. I saw on the Insta story. I said, yeah, I missed this, boy. Come mm. on, church. Don't do African praise like that. I'll tell you that. <laughs> we can do it. Shout out to my church. I love it. But unfortunately, African praise doesn't get that much um, showtime at my church. It's all good. Because <laughs> yes, the churches are trying to be modern now. That's why they've been watching too much <laughs> Americans, man. <laughs> watching too much Mike Todd's church in there. What are you guys trying to What are you guys planning to tell me? Uh-huh. Trying to, trying to copy the Americans. Yeah, I said, my turn, I am done. <laughs> we need to go back to our roots, man. <laughs> but anyway, episode 70, we're dead there. Um, guys, thank everyone for listening to the recent episode, Deconstruction. We had a lot of feedback from it. We really do appreciate everybody for providing the feedback and and all of the, the knowledge and, and all of the wisdom that you people have shared. We're just going to round up on that one. Um, but yeah, on the on the other side, though, I want to talk about when people do leave the faith. What? How do we react? Like, how is Christians reacting to people leaving the faith? Because one thing I saw the other day on Twitter, um, both of you might have been aware. I'm not sure, but there was a there was a bit of a debate between um, Christians and some ex Christians. So a couple of people that are no longer in the faith was kind of just talking negatively about you know the Christianity. Well, they were sharing their experiences. They see it as they were sharing their experiences. They were sharing their, 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 yeah, I'll call it that. They were sharing their experiences. But obviously to Christians, it's, yeah, you lot are bashing Christianity. You lot are bashing Christianity. What's going on? Why are you doing this? Blah, blah, blah. So I want to ask, obviously, I, I just want to um, just discuss that really. What, what do you think is, what's your thoughts, rather? Let's start there. What are your thoughts about people that leave a particular faith? Obviously, I can only speak about Christianity, but people that leave the faith and now only have negative things to say about the faith especially when they've been following the faith for so long playing church for so long and then life starts lifing they no longer associate themselves with christianity or people of the faith and then start you know um talking negatively on the faith what's your thoughts on that well who's gonna go first or i can go first um i think that most times, I think it's it's important to not 
necessarily engage in conversations when somebody is fresh out of the faith. And the reason I say that is because usually when you've just made a decision, it's either motivated by, it's usually coming from a place of hurt or a place of um, not necessarily being in a rational place of mind. I think sometimes you ha- you need to give, you need to let it sit, you need to let it fester, maybe six months, one year, let them, let that individual have time to process why they've left the faith. Is it church hurt? Is it spiritual abuse? Is it because of actual issues that they have with doctrine or, or is it things that they no longer believe in? And I think people should, who leave the church should really sit on it for like six months before they then speak out because number one, people are impressionable. People who are in the church are still impressionable. And number two, I think that, like I said, sometimes if you're fresh out of a bad situation, you're not really going to have anything good to say about it. So that's my opinion. I think that we should try insofar as possible to not necessarily engage in debates until everybody has had time to marinate on their thoughts and their reasons for why they believe what they believe. Um, that's what I would say. Okay. I'll definitely... Oh, go on, man. No, 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 no. Go through, go through. Oh, no, I was going to say, yeah, I definitely do agree with that. Um, I think that's definitely good. On on the flip side, though, how how do you... Do you feel like Christians should defend the faith within that six months? I think, I think that Christians should defend the faith, but... I don't think it it shouldn't be personal, in my opinion. I think defend the faith, talk about the Bible, talk about Jesus, talk about why you believe what you believe. But I think you need to leave people's personal experiences out of that situation because you have to be able to understand that some people have left the faith, faith because of church hurt. Some people have had bad experiences. And for some people, life has just become too much and they no longer can, in good confidence, say that they believe what they, they believe what they used to believe just because life gets tough and like I I said last time if the last two years have shown us anything it's that anybody can get it anybody can go through life life is difficult it can be very tough and people are at different places and sometimes when you're in a really really bad place faith is the is the first thing to go is it good is it biblical no it's it's not and probably not but I think when somebody is going through a hard time sometimes I think prayer and 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 gentle conversation I think sometimes because we're Christians, people try to use all of these, like people will try and speak Christianese. But the reality is, if somebody wasn't a Christian, you wouldn't be, and somebody's grieving, you're not going to be saying to that person, oh, you know, don't worry, the Holy Spirit will take care of you. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't say that to somebody who's not Christian. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I think sometimes it, yeah. we just I agree take with time. The I agree with the Christianese point. You know I me, mean? I hate this Christianese thing with a passion. But the thing of, um, obviously, people have been hurt, which is why they're no longer Christians, which I agree with. Does that then, just are you justifying people, or are you justifying ex-Christians dragging the faith or speaking negatively? No, no, because that's why I first started by saying, I think that a lot of times when people do leave the church, I really feel like there should be a six-month grace period for people to sit down, get to their reasons so that they can have a conversation without without it coming from a place of hurt or without insulting people. Right. So, no, that's not that what I'm saying. Months, in that six months when they are speaking negatively on the church, though, what, what do no, you I'm do? No, I'm saying that they shouldn't even, like, I feel like people who leave the church, I feel, I feel like the conversations should not be, I don't think that should be public conversation until they've had time to digest and process it. Private conversations, yeah, that's different because, you know, impressionable people might not necessarily see that. So, one-to-one conversations with friends in the same way I would talk to one of my friends yeah that's absolutely fine but I feel like for somebody to leave the church and then to come out 
and bash it, I feel like there should be a period of time so that they, you know, people are in a good place to rationalise why they left. I agree with but that. I agree with that. I think that's in an ideal world. I think that's in yeah, an ideal okay. world. But having said that, I think there's also an argument. If somebody was loud in the faith, then equally, I guess, they, they would feel like they should be loud in denouncing what they once believed, especially if they've led people to a place of faith. So, basically... Remember, there's, there's a difference between denouncing and speaking negatively on the faith, though. If if you're if it sounds to me like what you're saying is people should have a mature conversation when leaving the faith, and obviously yeah, that's, that's probably that's probably going to be a mature individual. Mm-hmm. But we know how social media is, and it's a lot more toxic than you make it sound. Yeah, it's very toxic. Yes. There's no place for nuance on Twitter, unfortunately. I think what you're saying is probably an ideal scenario or how we should conduct people leaving the faith in in the greatest way possible, which I completely agree with. But because obviously that's not happening, I want to I want to speak about what is happening and whether what is happening or no, how do we counteract what is happening rather? Because obviously we can paint a perfect picture. It's amazing, but it's going to be hard to go through. It's going to be hard to go from as bad as it is right now, where people leave the faith and there's debates, debates, debates on social media to the perfect ideal world where people are given time to, you know, grow here a little bit before they obviously denounce, you know, their faith and obviously talk about why they left the faith. Obviously, we've seen a lot of mature conversations about it, which we spoke on. We mentioned email. I think you both mentioned a few people last episode, so we don't really need to go back there. But I just think, yeah, there's there's obviously some of us, especially the younger generation, which are probably I don't want to say they're doing it wrong, but yeah, they're probably going about things the incorrect way. But how do we at least improve things a little bit by meeting these people, this generation, where they're at? Because obviously, right now, where that generation is right now is life lives and then all of a sudden where was god when this happened to my nan where was god when blah 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 my pastor was telling me this my youth leader is telling me this but my youth leader is now touching kids blah 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 how am i supposed to take christianity serious if the person that you've put in front of me is touching underage kids or he's doing this or he's doing that and then they've obviously come on social media and they start ranting and, and insulting then the christians now get defensive and start you know there's a debate and so forth what 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 do you think we should do at that at that point? You see where it is, yeah. I think that Christians, young and old, have to understand one thing. Just like the Bible says, there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. The stories that you just described or that we hear or are becoming more popular are stories that have been happening in the past. It's mm. just that we live in a day and age where there's more exposure or of those things there's the news there's the internet so we can hear about news far and wide from people pastors and leaders in indonesia to somebody in japan to somebody in australia to somebody in peru to somebody in nigeria to somebody in south africa there's stuff that that we're we're exposed to all the time the difference is in generations is that maybe in generations past it was people felt like they were complicit because they were silent or situations were more so dealt with in silence so yes there were some there were situations where people were complicit and tried to shush people and there were people who uh, there were churches or organizations that were genuinely dealing with things but did it in silence now for today it's it's the op- it's the polar opposite it's people are being exposed in the public 
or people are rectifying issues in the public because of mm. um, exposure that they've had. Maybe people have gone to the internet to say certain things. And because of transparency, because the the whatever has happened has come out, people are now being open about the process of disciplinaries and all of that kind of stuff. But the thing is this, that in, in the Christian faith, right, I don't necessarily believe that there's one perfect way per se but we sh what we shouldn't do is necessarily go from one extreme to the other polar extreme so it doesn't mean just because in the past because people dealt with it in a quiet manner that now what we have to do is shout from the rooftops because at the end of the day even when we look in the scripture for how to deal with issues there's no and and i find it very interesting anyway i'm yeah i'm gonna rattle some cages today i find it very interesting because I've seen it maybe the past, maybe 10 years, especially in the wake of people saying stuff like, whether it's, it's things like, you know, sexual misconduct, uh, pedophilia or false doctrine or whatever. There's a group of people that are like, no, you must come out. You must say, you must, you know, we must, you know, out these people. We must do X, Y, Z. Bloody, bloody, blah. Okay, fine. Cool, cool. And then they will try and use Paul, you know, as, you know, their perfect model X, Y, and Z. But I can throw a man in the work and I will absolutely throw this man in the work. Um, should I throw this man in the work right now? Throw yes, it, I will. So the, spanner, the spanner in the work is Jesus Christ. Jesus knew what Judas was about to do. He knew what Judas was up to, even while they were doing life together and ministry together. And Jesus didn't call Judas's name until the Last Supper. Not in the public, guys. Jesus didn't go to the temple and say, one of my guys is going to snake me. He didn't do it on one of his preaching tours and say, one of my close disciples has been stealing money from the offering basket. He did it in a quiet place amongst people that they knew. I just find it interesting that people will be very selective and, and say, well, Paul outed some people. Yes, he did. And I think to a degree, there's a time and a place to do that kind of thing. I do not be, believe in being silent because of complicitness. However, I do not believe that all situations must be handled the same way. I believe that uh, all situations must be handled in a scriptural way. And there's more to suggest, especially Jesus, when he says there's an issue with your brother, go to your brother first. If not, get um, get some witnesses. If not, get some... Okay, anyway, let it outline. <laughs> right, have you landed? No, I haven't, I haven't landed yet. Then land, then I'll respond. Don't worry, land. Then, if anything, you dust your foot off. Same with some of the epistles. They talk about if someone has done wrong. Paul even gives instances where someone has done something so wrong that they should be excommunicated from the church. Based on how, based on a scriptural based on scriptural guidance is what I'm trying to say is how we should lead this thing. I think that in this day and age, because of social media, there's just this need to, or feeling that we have to just shout it from the rooftop. Yes. You've left the faith. Yes. You've been hurt and wounded, but you can't now make your experience in your local, your local church environment, the, the ground rule or the the foundation for everybody's experience because what one now does is that on the internet now there's people who are not really on twitter like that but they might just come on and then someone's retweeted your post it's like oh rod is that what happens in church then and then that paints a bad light of church altogether because someone's only following 25 people and this retweet has come up on their page they're not really following like 
and let's say they're they're young in the faith or they're immature in the faith they don't know any better this comes as gospel and especially when you get 5k retweets or a thousand retweets or 20 20k retweets or you know a hundred thousand likes you could be bashing the church but for a lot of people the validation of uh, a rhetoric or an idea comes by how many people like something or how many people share something and that's not necessarily mm. the case so i feel like there's a battle there we just have to use wisdom to do it but i could go on but i, I want to let um oh, right, respond. okay so i want to respond directly to your points two things yeah. firstly the jesus example i think that's a great example but i also feel like we could add a bit of context to it because in the in the grand scheme of God's plan and Jesus coming to redeem his people, etc., 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 that had to happen. So it wasn't like Jesus had to be, he basically had to be outed by one of his people so that he could be crucified. So that, you know, as as was God's master plan, we could all be redeemed and God could Jesus could die for our sins, etc. etc. So Jesus was not about to start outing people because then that would have probably interrupted God's plan. So I feel like in the grand context of things, as, as, as great as an example that is, I also feel like it's, it's slightly flawed and problematic. Secondly, whilst I agree with what you're saying about things need to be handled with care and how we out people, it, I, in fact, I think I do agree with that. The only thing I would add is that if we're going to handle situations biblically, and this might be a bit controversial, but maybe it's not, but I think that biblically, the only office that is required to be kind of held accountable so to speak is really the office of of pastor and the office of eldership any other office so if it's a worship leader or any other mistreatment etc etc technically there's no biblical requirement to 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 call those people out publicly that's all private so that's the only things i would say so anyone any any mistreatment abused by pastors i think people are right to add those people on online because if you hold a public office it's, it's like with pastor toby T- sorry to name names but He's a pastor. He has influence in church. So if we don't agree with him, we have to call him out publicly. Anybody else, worship leaders, etc., etc. as far as I'm concerned, there's just no need to come to Twitter with things like that because it's just, that's technically not biblical. So I don't know. If you're going to use Twitter, then technically only really pastors, we should only really be calling out people that have that kind of influence, pastors and elders, because that's what the biblical mandate is. I would I would then respond to what you said about Judas. I would respond like a Calvinist and say, but it was God's plan for Jesus Christ was always going to happen, irrespective. Yeah, of true. Where, what, do you understand? So, yeah. But I'm not I, a Calvinist, so I would disagree. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but I, I'm, not, I'm, no, I'm not a Calvinist and, and, and that I don't share, necessarily share their view about predestination, but I... But I'd still, I wouldn't disagree with that point there in that even if Jesus, and and I really feel like if we look into the narrative, there's a reason why Jesus did it in that, Jesus did it in that space, in that time. Because um, especially as a leader, like there are things that you will know and there's, there's situations that will arise that you just, or you will have to gauge and you will have to use wisdom to know the best places and the best spaces to handle it and the best yeah the best spaces to handle it and the best uh the best ways to handle it as well and i feel like jesus did that in that moment like there's so many lessons we can learn from that that scenario but literally jesus does it in front of the people who he's doing life with and i think it just kind of goes to show like for example jesus he does that but then when paul for ex- for example 
he sees that Simon Peter is being hypocritical and Galatians says, look, I went up to Simon Peter and I, and I challenged him to his face. Like some people, but it, earlier on in that chapter, sorry, it says that Paul, he wanted to make sure that he wasn't, you know, going astray in the gospel. And he went to Simon Peter, James and John privately to go and discuss this thing. He wasn't debating this thing loud. And I know this hasn't got to do with, um, it hasn't got to do with misconduct or whatever, but it's just a principle on how to deal with things. He didn't go like out loud and say, oh yeah, well, this is my gospel. And I think like everyone needs to hear me. And you know, I don't care what the other apostles say. This is what I'm on. No, he goes behind closed doors. Whereas for Jesus, he, he deals with it in a different way. But then Jesus also outs the Pharisees in public and goes, you guys are like whitewashed tombs. Or there's certain instances where it's like, you guys are fake. He without sin cast the first stone. So I do feel like that, there's sometimes where you have to be public. So I don't want someone to listen to this and go, uh, what are you saying? Be quiet about. No, that's not what I'm saying. There's some, there are some occasions when you must be vocal about it because the, the situation, the environment, environment requires you to, but there's some situations and scenarios that must be dealt with delicately. So for example, the Ravi Zacharias situation, everyone was like, yo, let's out him. Duh, 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 duh. Before the Ravi Zachariah, uh, Ravi Zacharias, I, I forgot what it's called, Institute or whatever, Azim or International Ministry, before they came up with a public statement, they hired private investigators, they hired lawyers, whatever, to go in depth, to go and do their investigations and come out with the solid facts. And then they came out with a statement. Obviously, in this day and age, when people heard it and people saw tweets and people saw some people's blog posts and whatever, everyone was like, let's come out, let's say, da, da, da. but you don't know what he's done. Let the due course of justice go ahead, let them do what they need to do, and then they can respond and say and, and do what is necessary. And then for your second point, your second point was about. That the Office of Pastor and Eldership are really technical. Right. Yes. You said that. I would like to ask where exactly. What scripturally does it say okay. that i'll get the scripture because we'll continue because if a worship leader who's put in a position of leadership leadership over people you are leading worship and more time worship leaders are actually uh either leaders within the worship context within the arts or worship ministries or whatever and and a lot of worship leaders are even pastors of the of the the worship team or the worship stream within a church you should be held accountable if you've done wrong. A community leader, a cell group leader, as long as you're in a position of leadership ordained by the eldership or leadership of the church, you should be held accountable. Me personally, I'm not buying that because there's bare worship leaders that have been running nonsense. Just because they're worship, no way, no way. A lot of worship right. leaders on the technicality. Yeah, yeah, go what, for it. What, what does this accountability look like? Because I know people people think accountability is calling them out on Twitter. Yeah. People was calling out Pastor Toby, calling out R. Kelly, calling out all of these people. Yeah. People see that as accountability. And yeah. we need to hold these people accountable. And by yeah. doing that, I'm going to tweet about how these ministers, these leaders or whoever are doing X, Y, and Z. So in that sense, obviously you're you're half and half, innit? Yeah. And not I know there's obviously some situations where you're saying, yeah, we can call them out. Yeah. Are you saying that in some situations people can go on social media and call out these individuals? I'm what I'm saying is what I'm saying is this. I am not I'm not necessarily advising people to do that. 
unless they have so for example like i really agree with what Ora said in the beginning like you actually need to process what you've just gone through for example if it's church because you have to understand like people coming out to out people sometimes it's not even because of like something like mad like sexual abuse or whatever something it might just be like they don't agree with the doctrine and then you'll come out on the internet and go, so-and-so is a false teacher. Like, the person's never done anything wrong to you. They've been nice to you, but you just don't agree with their, their doctrine. And then you'll come out on the internet and say, this person is a false prophet or this person is a false teacher. They're leading loads of people astray. You're exaggerating something because of something you disagree with. There are instances where you may not agree scripturally. That does not mean something is false. And there are instances where something is genuinely false doctrine. It doesn't align with the nature, the will of God, the scriptures, and, and it's not a consistent theme in the scriptures. That is a false teaching. And so sometimes people in, in, the, in the name of, oh, we just need to out it. We need to be open. We need to say something. We'll go out and say something. And it's like, okay, for you may not believe this thing. So given an example, Calvinism. Arminianism, Pentecostalism, chari like charismatic, the charismatic movement, Methodism, all of those. These are different beliefs that are, are that are, are believed to come from the scriptures, right? I'm not good. I can't go to a Methodist and say, you're not, you're not a believer because I don't believe that, that the Christian faith is necessarily methodical. You go from baptism to this and you have to go to church. X I, I'm not one to tell you that you're not a Christian because of that. That's a, that's a disagreement based on biblical interpretation i can't now go out and be saying you're that methodist church down the road they're for they're teaching false doctrine i can't do that so in order for you to do that you have to be able to process what you went through go and seek advice go and seek wisdom whether it's it's professional advice whether it's spiritual advice maybe people that you trust in the faith and like look this is what's happened to me you know i just want to put it past you was that right was Liberty's taken. Was that wrong? Whilst I agree with you, yeah, I'm going to jump in quickly. Whilst yeah. I agree with you, before that point, no, you man, before that point, before before we be the savior, before we be the heroes, and 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 obviously discuss, you know, what to do going forward. When people are calling out ministers, or they are calling out parts of the faith, or they are calling out God, or they are calling out these things, yeah, how do we as a church should? How should we respond to that? Oh, how should we respond? Yeah, so not like me and you, but we as a body, as Christians, how how should we respond when people are attacking our faith online? Well, I think that we should. I, I think personally, my I'm not here to attack the person. If but if someone is spreading misinformation, so let's say about the faith or about the body of Christ, then I do believe that we as Christians have a have a responsibility to um to challenge that, to challenge any wrong ideas that are not truthful. I cannot, I cannot, I cannot challenge your experience. If you were wrongfully dealt with in church, if you were abused, I cannot tell you that that didn't happen or you should keep quiet. No, that's not what I'm telling you. But if you're saying the church is full of scammers, you know, the church is there to, to scam people and manipulate people. That's not true because that's not what the Bible says the church is. So I would challenge the misconception or the, 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 the misinformation about what is wrong or I will challenge the misinformation, but I won't challenge your experience. I can't challenge your experience. I can't tell you, why did you go to that church for? Why didn't you know you do your research? I can't tell you. That's, that's not my job to do. My mm. Christian response is to just challenge maybe the misinformation, but then also at the same time, truth comes with grace. So I'm sorry for what happened. Um, 
I'm sorry for what happened to you. I'm sorry for your experience. That is terrible. That's not right. That's wrong. Um, but what you said about church, um, about church or what you said about, you know, leaders or in, uh, so-and-so in general is not necessarily the truth. When it comes to, however, I want to put this caveat there. If, if, a particular, if a specific person has done something wrong, right? Now, that, this is where it becomes a bit techy. So let's say, for example, Gabs is a pastor. And this is just hypothetical, guys, yeah? And let's say Gabs now does something wrong to somebody. I know Gabs, or me and Ore know Gabs, right? And someone comes out to say, Gabs did X, Y, Z, pastor. Gabs did X, Y, Z, right? Now, my Christian response, Gabs being um, a, a brother of mine, but also the person being a believer, even if I don't know that person, my responsibility is to ensure that truth and grace are found. So if the person has said that, you know, Pastor Gabs has done X, Y, and Z, I have to be able to take this information and then go and do the right thing, which is challenge whoever they're accusing or wait out for something to, uh, for, I was going to say an accusation, um, investigation to be done or the, the rightful course of action to be taken before I then come out to be saying stuff. I, and personally, my point of action would be that, okay, look, even though I trust my brother, at the end of the day, the right thing has to be done. And even if you're in the wrong, it doesn't mean you're any less of a brother to me, but it means that you should be able to hold yourself accountable and go through the rightful if it was the case that you did do something, then the rightful form of discipline, judgment, action should be taken against you. And you should be able to take that because you did do that. But at the same time, I can show grace in a sense of what you did was wrong, but Jesus still loves you. Jesus doesn't want you to remain in that space. There is redemption for you as long as you're still alive. Hopefully you guys get what I'm saying. But I just feel like Christians should... Tr truth and grace we shouldn't go at that person and go just stop talking about the church like that da, 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 da. just stop being evil stop being and the thing is even if the person is being malicious remember truth and grace go hand in hand and i think that's that's exactly what's happening bro i think you said it correctly there's a level of maturity that we need to have in it right and i think that's exactly what happens when ex-christians come out and they say this that and the other and always just against them and like I keep saying it, the like you said earlier, the same thing just repeat itself. Uh, Ten years ago, there was you know some Christians that might that were associated to us, Iman, and mm. and they were obviously denouncing the faith, and yet people were you know writing Facebook statuses about them, sending indirects for them, and that sort of stuff. So we know that you know it's just something that's, that's that might always continue to happen, and like it's not nothing new that we're experiencing. Mm -hmm. I think it's just different social media platform. Before it was Facebook, now it's Twitter. Yeah, and I think, like you said, that that level of maturity is obviously needed where we do need to show grace. I know it's hard to, obviously, mm -hmm. because you see people like saying a madness, and you really want to defend your faith. But I think that's where we need to obviously have have that level of maturity, and obviously remember that there is that we do need to always carry ourselves elegantly, and we always do need to present good characteristics. Because if we just obviously start shouting, making noise. All we're doing is reinforcing these people's beliefs that we're all wayward. Mm -hmm. Because obviously, when people leave the faith, all of a sudden, Christians are just wayward. They they run away from all of us and blah, blah, blah. So then obviously, continuing to remain defensive is only going to make things even worse. As hard as it is, but at that point, that's probably the point where we do need to show love. But obviously, discuss in a more mature way, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
I want to ask though, do you think the situation happened with Kadosh was handled was handled in the best way possible? Wow. <laughs> Personally, Aurel will answer that question. This this question is too close to home, so I don't want to say too much. Do you know I've clocked Eban, you know? Eban wants time to think. I've clocked Eban's strategy. It's not even it's not it's not even time to think. I don't even know if I'm gonna answer this question because this is is too political to me. I'm too yeah, I, I, I know too many parties involved in, in this thing and I don't wanna <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't. Okay, so. Yeah, I don't want to say anything. Yeah, that's crazy. So that's why. I was, yeah, this, but in general, yeah, I have to think about what I'm saying because at the end you of the to, day, you have to say something because if not, people are going to think wrong. Why is he not talking? What is nah? Why is he not saying nothing? People that know, all I'll say is this: people that know, know I've know I've been doing my work on the ground. I've I've been behind the scenes. I've been speaking to the necessary parties. I've been speaking to people that I knew as members who were there offering my support, um, not even necessarily coming from this high and mighty, ah, I'm an apostle. I'm coming to, you know, I just came, I just came as a brother, you know, I just came as a brother to, to a lot of people and offered support and, and also supported the necessary, you know, course of action, which was to do investigations and let things come out and let things be, you know, heard, which to a degree, not everything, you know, for the members anyway, to a degree, some of the members have found some answers out. I think to the public, though, there's been a bit... Of, what I will say is that, yeah, there's been a bit of quietness towards the public. Um, and especially because certain things were in the public eye. I think that I I personally, I-Y-E-Y-E, I said I-Y-E, E-Y-E, I personally think that some things should have been... Um, should have been addressed publicly and me been made very clear. And I don't think that happened, but um, that's, I'm, I'm not here to knock um, um, the, uh, the, the leadership team there. There were a lot of things going on behind the scenes that I'm not, um, I'm, I'm not going to share in public, but I just think that, yeah, certain things could have been dealt with better. I think that the people involved with um, that were involved as well as members um, I think that they could have been treated better in the grand scheme of things. Um, mm. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, but, but yeah, yeah. Or right, right, jump in there. What's your thoughts on that before we wrap up? I feel like I only saw tidbits of what happened on the timeline. So I saw the accusation. I saw a statement from one of the elders. And I think I saw one other statement, which was a general statement. So I... I feel like I haven't seen enough for me to even answer that question. Do you feel like um, you, do you feel, I'm oh, sorry, go on. No, go on, ask, ask your question. Do you feel like you should see enough? Like, do you feel like you deserve more? No. And I say that because coming from a church where we had a breach of um, responsibility, I don't even know what to call it, a few years back, not long after I initially joined that church, and seeing how that situation was handled, it wasn't public knowledge. It was, it was literally only dealt with amongst the partners. It was only made. It was information that was only made public to the partners of the church. So therefore, if you're not a partner of the church, people didn't know the full details of what happened. Um, so having seen that handled, then I would probably say that it doesn't need to be public information. Mm. Um, but I have no like biblical backing or any other opinion on that other than what I've seen happen at my own church. Mm. You know, I hear that. 
what I do obviously find interesting is um I do agree. I don't I don't think we as a people need to know. I don't I don't think they need to come out and you know address social media, address people, like go and start doing all this stuff to say boom boom boom. I don't necessarily think that's needed. What I do think is needed is when you're when you're um a figurehead on social media, I definitely do believe something should be mentioned. Do you know what I mean? I don't I like I don't think I should be getting told the church is being closed down by somebody. I I, I think things like that it possibly should should be mentioned on social media for the for the public to know, especially if you're a public figure. Um obviously if the pastor's not a public figure, then I wouldn't suggest, you know, like I, I don't expect Big Daddy to come on Twitter and say, Yeah, my church, you know, high and mighty ministries, we're closing with this has happened, that's happened, so boom, boom, boom. I don't I wouldn't expect that because, you know. Big Daddy Pastor doesn't necessarily have that kind of following, but I think if it's a if it's a church that that is known to the public, I think people probably should know something. The same way if it was Spac Nation, everybody's gonna want to know what's going on with Spac Nation. Everybody. If Spac Nation does anything wrong, we're gonna want Pastor Toby to come out, or we're gonna want one of Pastor Toby's minions to come out. We're gonna want something addressed to the public. Um, I mean, look at Spac Nation and all of the issues that was going on. Every person spoke about it. Even non non Christians spoke about it. Podcasters, like everyone knows Pastor Toby. Everyone spoke about it. But it's just interesting that when it's not a church that's on the the scale of Spy Nation, we're very much chilled. We're very much quiet. We're very much talking amongst ourselves about it. But if it's a church like Spy Nation, or if it's Jesus House, or if it's Glory House, or if it's KRCC, like it's almost like the whole of the country. Is is talking about this when Asher Malowa was going through his dead there back in the day? It was talk of the town. There was gossip. Everyone was everyone was talking. Everybody wanted to know what was going on, and and obviously rightfully so because obviously it's a public minister. If if we talk about the Americans, if it's um, Matt Chandler that was doing his clinical or whoever, like we always hear or we always know of of something. There's always a story um, behind it. I remember when. Um, or I don't know if you might remember. Do you you don't remember G Force, innit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember when one of the I think I remember one of the um one of the artists done a little something and Ashley Maloa like addressed the whole church, he addressed everyone at this event, and it was public knowledge. Because obviously if you're gonna disband G Force, then really the people deserve to know why. Do you know what I mean, why your favorite gospel rap group are no longer together. Mm. Um so yeah, I definitely do hear like public I definitely do believe if you're in a public eye then, you know, the public probably did deserve to know something, um, especially when we know, like, these big churches and, and, and so forth are always are always in the news, are always being being told, they're always updating us with, with what going wrong, with what goes wrong. But obviously, if it's your local local church in, in, in Stratford somewhere, then, yeah, I hear it. Don't necessarily need to address, but... Yeah. I just think, yeah, maybe maybe something probably, probably should have been spoken about uh, a bit more gracefully i would say no i'm 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 with you i definitely that's why that's why i said personally i felt like certain things could have been said out because certain you know comments and bloody blah, blah um <laughs> were made to the public um and i just think that to you don't need to you know give you know a, a 10 page document about certain things but certain things that were put out there just need to be if they're wrong if they're lies if they're misinformation you dispel that and i think that's that's important if it's just you know um uh glory 
Baptist church down the road, you know, if, apologies if that's actually a real church, but Glory Baptist church down the road that doesn't really have many members and, you know, no one's put their stuff on the internet or whatever. You don't really need to do it. But in the case that you've raised, there were things that were in the public that I felt like even if it was wrong, it should have been dispelled. I'm not asking or I'm not saying that, you know, people are entitled to, you know, a video and a whole, you know, a whole documentary about it or whatever, or, you know, a 50 page dossier about, you know, the investigation. It should just be dispelled and just say things are being appropriately handled, blah, 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 and, and we move. Um, and we'll take the necessary course of action. And that's why I said what I said. So, but, you know, one thing I will say in general, though, because I know a lot of people might have different opinions and some people will come back and say, well, I believe you need to come out and address false doctrines and da 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 I feel like that's even an episode by itself because I have loads of views on this. But one thing I will say is this. If your actions and if what you're about to do doesn't bring any glory to Jesus Christ, and does not have the heart of Christ at the center of it all. It doesn't matter how zealous you are for trying to keep to the script. Uh, when I say script, I'm talking about scripture. It's not gonna. It's not gonna do anything. It's not gonna be beneficial. At the end of the day, it's what's God's heart about the situation, and how can we deal with this accordingly? If it's so, it's if it's for grace and truth to be found. If it's for justice and judgment at the same time to be found, then yeah, that's cool. If it's for reconciliation remember like corinthians talk, paul talks about in corinthians how we've been all called to the ministry of reconciliation it doesn't mean the parties will are necessarily reconciled to each other per se depending on what happens but it's about drawing everybody back to god as long as everyone is drawn back to god and everybody sees the heart of god in the situation then that's fine that's what this is really all about so if you choose to go out on the internet fine fantastic I just may not retweet your thing because I don't agree with it. And that's and that's fine. But if you believe that what you're doing is the right thing, then do it. But also what I'll say is this, before you do it, get a second opinion. Mm. Ask yourself, ask yourself that question. Because when we let our emotions drive our decisions or when we let pain and hurt drive our decisions, trust me, it can be one of the most dangerous places to be in. And also, guys, just like we've seen with COVID, people lie. People spread information. There are people that just have agendas against church, against individuals, and will come out on the internet. And because you don't know any better, and you think, no, you know what? We've got, we've got to stand for justice. Let me retweet this. You could be spreading misinformation. And you know what? As they've said, as, as the stats show us, lies spread on the on social media spread five times more faster than the truth so be careful what you're sharing because it could be a lie it could be misinformation it and and also why you should take that more serious is because anyone that, sh that sees that post or sees that tweet or sees that blog or sees that you know video that you've just shared could be led astray because of one simple click so really think about what you do Really get the information together before you jump on the bandwagon. Like, don't be a, a bandwagoner that doesn't know what they're doing. Be someone who thinks about the decisions that they take. Um, but yeah, man, my, my, my heart is definitely out there for, for those who have walked away from the faith. 
I'm not here to as you're, control as you're speaking. Do you want to bring a scripture as well, bro? Have yeah, yeah, mind. yeah, yeah. No worries. I'm I'm ahead of the game today. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just you know for for people who are listening who maybe have already walked away from the faith, um, my heart is there uh, for you. Um, and you know this is what you've gone through, or you know the the pain and the you know the hurt that you have gone through. Um, no, no one's trying to take away your genuine experience from you. What one can only say is that the character of God and the nature of God is always consistent. Man will fail, woman will fail. I will fail, Gabs will fail, Aura will fail. But, but God never fails. God's character is consistent. And so that's the only thing that you should be able to hold on to and cling to. If, because I just feel like there might be someone who's listening to this, who's like on their last straw. And I'm just, I just want to encourage you that it's the nature, it's God's consistent nature that will hold on to you, not people's agenda. Some people say, oh, God is, why is the God of the Old Testament different to the God of the New Testament? God's nature has always been consistent. Even if you want to look at the Bible constructively, you will see it. God has always been graceful. God has always been merciful. God has always had his heart for people doesn't matter what agenda people try and shape or form it in. God's heart has always been for every individual. And that's why he sent Jesus Christ, because he loved mm-hmm. us all. So I want to encourage you, even if you've left the faith and you're not interested in Jesus Christ anymore, but you're just listening to the podcast, we love you. God loves you even more. And I just want I just want that to be the reminder for you. There's no strings attached. I don't want you to, to think that I'm here to debate you or say, oh, send me some messages so I can throw you back some verses. No, that's not what it's about. Let the love, you deserve to be loved first and foremost by God and also by believers, even if you're not in the faith. And the scripture that I have is Jude. Uh, there's only one chapter in Jude. So Jude. Before, before you give, before you give that scripture, Aura, you got any okay. last words? No, no, I think um, Iman summed it up very well, to be honest. And I think we've talked about some important things. So no, nothing for me. Sweet. Amen. So Jude one twenty three, and it says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. And so this is at the end of the day, just I just want this to be a reminder, even for those who've left the faith or for those who are kind of struggling that look, it's only God that is able to keep you from stumbling. It's only God that is able to keep you from falling. And it's only God's power that will keep you to, to endure to the end. Whatever you're going through, God's grace, God's power is enough to keep you. Um, and remember that. I want, I want everyone to know that God's grace is available to all. As long as you're still breathing, grace is available. And you deserve to be treated with grace, respect, and honor in the nature of Christ. So, yeah. That's good. And I know this walk is not easy, man. So it's definitely important to to forever have people around you, have people in your circle that we can actually talk to, man. Um, If there's not many people around yourselves, look, come and chat to us all the time. Come and talk to us, myself, Aura, Iman. We'll we'll happily happily help, you know, whoever we can and and, and share grace to those that need it, man. Um, Because it's definitely not easy at all. Rather than obviously feeling isolated, just know you can always turn turn to somebody to the left or right who can actually support and you know I can definitely vouch for the team and will happily be here to, to, to be a supporting brother or sister but on that note thanks for listening we really do appreciate it as always we love you dearly 
and we'll see you in the next episode. See ya. Bye.